Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. If you're new here, thanks for joining us. If not, welcome back. We've got a lot of good stuff for you today. We're going to be talking about the Kansas All or Nothing Trail Camera Band, some critical tips for the first-time turkey hunter, talking about some fun stuff we did this last week, shooting some guns, getting ready for turkey season, and just chit-chat a little bit about some current events, so stay tuned. the show what's going on busy day busy, busy day. day busy week busy month uh i want to take a second to remind everybody that you can use code podcast at checkout and save 20 percent. we've got hats we've got stickers coming we've got hoodies we got shirts in addition to our typical bourbon barrel products game calls turkey call specifically right now yeah yeah um so yeah go check out the store 20 podcast save 20 percent off which is really good. I've been looking around. A lot of people have taken removed their default discounts, especially twenty percent. Yeah, I mean it's a solid discount, and people message us all the time or message the info at email yeah. address. And like, one lady the other day was like, you know, I want to order this, but shipping seems like a lot. Do you have like an amount where like you get free shipping if you spent? I just imagine that's her talking because be. it was from New York, and uh, I said no. We have pot. We have you know. Uh, discount codes floating around out there. If, if you search, you're you're likely to find it. And I said we we announced one in particular on every episode of our podcast, and she never responded back to me. So yeah. and I, everybody I wants her, some for nothing. I never saw her put an order in, so maybe that pissed her off. But what she wanted to order, if I'd given her this discount, it was if it, it was I don't know. Yeah, I just wasn't in the mood that day. I guess to give away free stuff. <laughs> no, I get it, man. It's a the thing about the shipping thing is everybody's so used to getting free shipping. Yeah, but it's like, oh, free shipping, sick. It's but it, I mean, but we're paying for it. It's the Amazon economy, right? Yeah, and Amazon has and uh, you're paying an enough that. enough revenue to offer free shipping. You also pay a subscription to be on Amazon Prime, you, right? So you you are paying for it. You just don't think you are, yeah, more or less. And at the end of the day, you know. Small businesses have to eat that cost if they're giving it away. Yeah. Or free shipping doesn't mean what, no one pays. It's can, not like we can say, hey, UPS, uh, yeah. don't charge us for the shipment. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll offer free shipping, but we're just going to add $10 to, to, to every product that yeah. we have just to make sure we cover the ups and downs of shipping prices. Yeah. Because that's the other thing people don't realize is that it's not one set price. That's expensive. It changes all the time. Anyways. It's going up right now. Dude. It's yep. like uh, there's things that I'm used to shipping, so yeah. six, $7, and it's 10 Yeah. I mean, everything's going up, and they're getting ready to tax the hell out of small businesses because the patriarchy or whatever. <laughs> the, yeah. I don't know why they're doing it. Fuck the man. Do you see all those new tax increases for small business? Uh, no, I stopped. I, it gave me anxiety. It's just so stupid. It's like, we want, we, want, we want small business to be successful, but we're also, we realize you are do the workhorse <laughs> of the economy, so we're going to make sure you pay for it. Yep, that's what you get for doing doing good things. And then people are surprised, like, when we... Do stuff, and they're like, well, you know, we have to pay you for real. Like, you got to be a 1099. Do you own an LLC? And I'm like, yeah, we're a real business. We're not just like. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, on principle, I, I don't only want to do business. How yeah. About that? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, don't forget. Also, don't forget about our Patreon. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff going on over there. Cool community. We're getting ready to do a giveaway on Patreon. Yep. Uh, that's going to be Patreon only. And we're going to also do a giveaway with the Mendocino Whiskey Charity. Took to them yesterday. They sent me pictures of the bottle. Sweet. I'll show it to you. I didn't realize it was a Jefferson's Reserve. Nice. But it's an. It looks like an older one. 
Well, you can also, uh, we have a free open chat on, on our Patreon, our, our Discord server. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's a cool looking bottle. Yeah, it is cool. Um, we, Patreon has a, we have a Discord server where we collaborate and talk and share, talk gear, hunting, whiskey, you name it. And we have an open chat for anybody can join um, just to get a taste of what that's like. If you're interested in that, just hit us up on any of our social media platforms and we'll get you. We opened it up and a ton of people jumped in, but like I think they were just, they wanted to watch. And also, the, the, uh, the, we wanted to just post a link that people could just follow anytime, but that link that Discord provides, uh, it expires, expires every seven days. Every seven days. So it's just easier if you want, if you want to join, reach out and we'll, we'll send you, a, send you a link to do that. So, and also, just because there's no moving in there doesn't mean there's not moving in Discord. It's we're usually in there ch- chatting, hanging out. Yeah, that's the other thing. The, the, you don't see when you join the open chat. You don't see the rest of the chat rooms um, that we have. We have several, uh, a lot of different conversations going on uh, at, at at any given time. So just because that one's not active as much um, does not mean there are not things happening elsewhere. So and if you're curious about whiskey learning more or hunting stuff we have classes in there we've been slacking the last month it's just been crazy busy but there's a uh, several classes in there you can get for free depending on the tier that you choose well yeah depending on the tier you get free classes so you it's a uh, the bourbon steward style class and then we have a some whitetail classes that are good for hunting yep learning the info all right that's enough of that <laughs> i just poured me a wb saffle is that what you're drinking yeah it's too busy yapping Sounds good. Is this going to be our... We going to do a sip this week, or we don't have one? Nope, no sip this week. Oh, There's something at the house, I'm afraid. I yeah. yeah, what are you going to do? The fans. Fans are not happy. That is a really long clip. That is a long clip. to stop that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this seems yummy. Well, yeah, I like to use that. We're doing some spring cleaning in here in the studio and getting rid of some stuff and moving stuff around. And Yeah, we're prepping for some some fun changes. Yes, Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so, what do we have to talk about today? Any, you have anything? Any current events or any fun stuff? Anything going on? Mm, I mean, there's a lot of current events that are going on. I don't know that any of them are fun. Oh, <laughs> banks are collapsing. This and, this, uh, this is a fun podcast. <laughs> yeah, people it's, are it's not that podcast. Yeah, there's plenty of people talking about the banks collapsing. Yeah, get out now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> The world is increasingly strange. You know, it's funny. I get told more often now than ever that, like, I made the right choice not bringing children into this world. Like, people are scared for their kids, man. Yeah. I, uh, I'll second that. I, had, I actually had a conversation with Jessica. Yeah. Not long ago. And it, it, it isn't that we do not love our kids Absolutely to death. not. No, that's it's not just, what I'm saying. It's just the fact that, like, I worry about certain things and uh, and think a lot about certain things that you don't have to worry about. Mm-mm. And it, th- that part of it's like, <sighs> yeah, that was you know that's that's a burden they don't have to, that you guys don't have to worry about. And it's <laughs> burden's the wrong word, but it's 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 stressful. And Everybody knows what you mean. Most people have yeah, kids, you know, like stressing every I'm day, wa- watching things happen and thinking you know, like worst case scenario. You know, if we fall into a a second great depression or something like. I got kids to worry about, not yeah. just not just my wife and I, and it's 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 extra. It's a it's a little worrisome, but you know what? I was not brought up by uh, stupid people, um, <laughs> and I I had good parents that and, and a dad that and and uh, developed life skills that taught me the importance of, of preparing for things and looking ahead. And so, all you can do is prepare and hope for the best. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Well, Godspeed, sir. Yeah. Um, Trail cameras. We have discussed trail cameras on this podcast a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've discussed them in terms of a strategy for using them. Um, we've discussed um, how, like, how to use them. You know, like getting camera, getting pictures of is great, but like, how do you use that information? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you use that to help you be a better uh, steward of the land of, of the animals and a better hunter? Um, and we've also talked about some states that have that have banned them for various reasons. Uh, the most recent state to kind of fall, I'll say victim, but it's it's, it's debatable, um, is the is Kansas. Uh, Kansas decided a lot of states have have banned like okay, you can't use trail cameras during the season or on public land or on public yeah. land, or you can't use cellular chair cameras, but regular ones are fine. Right. Uh, 
Kansas decided that that adds too much ambiguity and too much to try and be consistent with Can't enforcing it. it. Yep. So they said, you know what? Either we don't ban it or we ban them entirely. And they went with banning them entirely. And it blew up because I saw it constantly. People complaining yeah, about it. It was not – as soon as it happened, I saw it all over social yeah. media. I saw news news articles going up. And so I guess it, it, it got me thinking, like, what are the – like, are there any benefits to not having – or the ability or being able to use trail cameras at all. Well, we've talked about it before, and as you know, I don't really use them. I Same. do like them as a check. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. I'm in the right spot. Yeah, it's but, nice It's nice to to put the work in and yeah. put a camera out and be like, all right, I, yeah. I, I made some right choices. I made some right observations. That was indeed a deer path and not a raccoon <laughs> right. path. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I agree. The first thing that came to mind was, man, that sucks, but – this is going to give people, particularly youth in that state that hunt regularly, this is going to give them an opportunity to really better develop uh, some woodsmanship and some hunting skills for scouting because you don't have any other choice. You're yeah. not going to get any, any, you know, any help. Um, I will tell you a downside that, I, that comes to mind immediately is places like Camp Hero where you get people in that are only there for a couple of days and you want them to be successful because the whole point of it is to come out there and heal in nature and, and get you a deer. Um, so not knowing for sure where they are yeah, or being able to pattern them correctly. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's definitely a downside. That would definitely be down. I wonder if in, in, in a case like that, if, uh, you know, a state's uh, fish and wildlife agency would be willing to work with them in some capacity to allow them to utilize them yeah. as and a, like a special purpose, even if it was just in the off season, just to give them a little bit more information about, you know, where the deer are moving and where they're at to help them make better decisions. But yeah, that would be too, one thing I read was like, how are they going to know? I'll just run it. Well, I'll tell you, they will know because you can buy some of the, there's a system uh, made by a company called 3db labs. And you can basically, if it's within eyesight of it, you could just sit on the edge of a property and pull up cell phone signals and see where they're at. And geolocate. Oh, for, for, for cell phone cameras? Yeah, all yeah. from a truck. So you'd be able to find them pretty easy. The DNR would not have to spend a lot of money in order to find where your cameras Can't are. Can't imagine why that kind of technology would exist. <clears throat> yeah, who knows? I don't know. You put your critical thinking caps with, <laughs> with your foil hat underneath it, and yeah, it won't take you long. <laughs> the other thing, too, is like when looking at the riots, I can't. I don't know specifically uh, which one it was, but someone had thrown a Molotov cocktail at a police car. Okay. And... Um, Andy was telling me about this, Andy, a guy I work with, he was telling me that, um, they had seen the, in the video, he's wearing a certain like designer shirt, okay. but he had a mask on, so they couldn't tell who it was. So they used AI to figure out who made that shirt. And it was some small Etsy shop that makes shirts for these certain riots that were going on. So then they started figuring out like who bought the shirt near the event or whatever. And they found a video of a bunch of these people meeting up at a gas station, like outside of town. Hanging and the guy the had a tattoo on his forearm. No shit. So they saw the guy at the gas station with this tattoo on his forearm and then linked it to him wearing that shirt. And they were like, mm, here you go. Boom. They went to his house and arrested him for throwing a Molotov cocktail at a police car. <laughs> so point being, you can't really get away with anything anymore when it comes to technology. Dun, dun. That's that's supposed to be the yeah. law and order. So you want to lose your license forever? <laughs> your hunting license forever? Then yeah, they'll never know. Just throw up a cell camera. That's wild, man. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we, Matt and I get to see and get because of our regular jobs, kind of get exposed to a lot of technology and capabilities out there. And it, it, as much as I know, uh, I, I'm constantly reminded how much I don't know and what capabilities yeah. exist out there. And just make smart choices, people. Yeah. Save yourself a lot of trouble in the future. But um, also know that you can't be uh, untracked. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you there's have TikTok a, on your phone. Doesn't matter what's on your phone. Let's, uh, yeah. There's a lot of things you can do to make it more difficult uh, and to not have so much low-hanging yeah. fruit for yourself. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if the right people want to know what you're doing and where you are, yeah, they have an endless budget to do it and we'll have no problem. Well, like this, if you <laughs> if you take your iPhone and you hit the up button, down right. button, and you do the slide to power off, yeah. right under that, it says iPhone findable after power off. It tells you yeah. that you can still find it. The right. way you get around that is the up button, down button, and then hold the power button. And that actually shuts your phone completely off. But um, I tell like people are like, are all paranoid about it. And I'm like, well, they, they can track it with your name. And you're just like, wait till you find out about the DMV and driver's licenses. <laughs> they have this thing that they make you get with your photo and address on it. If you find out about that, you're going to be like, we're screwed. Yeah, crazy thing. <laughs> crazy thing 
about that is it's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah. don't 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 break the law with trail cameras. Is the point? Yeah, we went with. <laughs> If you're if you're new here, welcome to one of our, our one of our rabbit holes. Yeah. Um, with that being said, would you, if South Carolina were, were uh, throwing the idea around of a complete ban on trail cameras, would you would you care much? I wouldn't vote for it because um, I don't I don't think we need more laws. Agree. But if it was passed, I don't I don't. I mean, it wouldn't really affect me much. Still going to hunt. Yeah. And, the, and like you said, I I didn't put a single truck camera out last year. Yeah. I put them out using the beginning of season, but I think I know that they spooked them because I have videos of them staring right at it while it's yeah. recording. So yeah. I know they can hear it. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't think I would care much. I, like you said, I, I don't think I would push to it necessarily support it. But no. um, I'm neither in or out of support of that ban. Yeah, but it would affect if, me. If, if I took an issue with anything, it's it's the cell camera and um, yeah. and the live streaming stuff. Uh, it's in certain circumstances we've talked about. It's very valuable. I understand the use of it, especially like a place like uh, Camp Hero, where mm-hmm. they have a lot of property and a lot of stuff to get. It's it's mountains. It's, you can't just hop in the truck and drive. Yep. you know, a mile flat flat road back through the swamp to check. You got to you got to deal with mountains and some pretty you know crappy terrain. Um, so I, I get it, but. The idea that you could just be sitting at home, you know, see see a buck on a certain camera and know that he's making his way to another one and mm-hmm. just r- rush out there. And I don't know how often that's successful, but... It feels gross. It, it just doesn't feel like hunting. It, it feels like a spectator's sport almost. Well, we've always been like fair chase. Yeah. And I, and I don't think cameras are fair chase. And I, I know we're going to get opinions on that, but... Opinions are opinions. Yeah, you're I have, to have one. Them. You have one. We all have one. <laughs> and my opinion is that's not fair chase. Yeah, no, especially with cell, this, especially the the cellular and live streaming ones. Yeah, like you're not. It's one thing to know where they are, yeah. right? And a camera just confirms your scouting, mm-hmm. right? It's another thing to be using it as you know. It's, it's the same reason that you're not allowed to fly a drone to scout for animals. Right. It's the same reason you're not allowed to hunt the same day you fly into the bush in Alaska. Yep. Because you have an unfair vantage point of the wildlife. Yeah, you just flew in and saw where they were. Yeah. So, of course you can't hunt today. <laughs> so, it's, um, it's an interesting topic, and it's interesting to see how it continues to evolve and how technology continues to both be embraced in the outdoor community, but also held at arm's length and, and face, some of it face, the, the scrutiny that it does. It's and it's more or less the same in any, in any industry, but um, it's interesting when it's it, it involves... Um, hunting or fishing in the take of an animal, those you, you start to get into the, you know, the ethics of those technologies. Yeah, and we can have the same discussion about a number of other things, like some of the stuff that was released and, and displayed at ATA this year. Some of these really compact crossbows that are shooting these bolts that are mm-hmm. half the length of the ones we're used to seeing. It qualifies for bow season. It qualifies for bow season, but you can shoot it, you know, a fist size grouping at 300 yards with a yeah. crossbow. Get the fuck out of here, so man. So as long as you don't put gunpowder behind it, you're good. It's <laughs> like, like, I mean, I'm interested in one of those for my, my go bag. Yeah, <laughs> You for know, sure. for into the world maybe type stuff, but like, I'm not trying to go hunt deer with that. I just, no. I don't know. That's what reason, I mean, I prefer bow hunting. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll kill a deer with a, with a, with a rifle, but, or shotgun. Sure. But, yeah, I prefer the. I just I don't know. I like that it's harder. It makes you appreciate it a little bit more, I think. And uh, when you start introducing technology into the take of an animal, I just I don't know. Yeah, the more you, the, I don't know. I think it's I think it's their natural progression for some people to get into hunting, and you go through these phases. And, and there are I forget who wrote about it, but there are phases of of hunters, for right? Sure. You have your newbie, your novice, who just wants your Brian to newbie. shoot something. Shooting no, not Brian. Hey Brian, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, <laughs> You know, you have those guys who are, or those gals, hunters who are new, brand new. Everything is exciting. They don't really know what's going on. They'll shoot anything that's that's kind of illegal. And then as as that progresses, you have the, those who have experience, but they're still just for deer. If it's brown, it's down. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going to hunt and I'm going to fill my tags. And then that progresses through the years of beginning to be more selective with what you shoot, starting to share that knowledge and experience with other people becomes less about you being successful and more about helping others be successful. Um, and at different points, you know, technology gets injected in those areas and we have to have a a discussion a little bit about, and it's, it's personal for everybody because what one person finds to be unethical or, um, is different from somebody else. But at the end of the day, if you're not breaking the law, it's not our job to tell you you're wrong. 
or anybody else for that matter. Uh, you have to you have to go to bed and, and, and sleep with, the, with whatever choices you make. So it's it's entirely up to you. But I wonder if you can um, bait. So you can't bait on public land in Kansas, which is I guess is the same here. I wonder if you could bait in private land. Probably because they said you can't bait on public land. I just wondered how uh, how difficult it just got to hunt in Kansas if you can't oh, bait yeah, yeah. or use camera. Right. Well, there's other states that are like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if there's no. I'd have to look up if there's any states that are both completely banned cameras all the way around, and and there's no yeah um, no baiting. I was just thinking about the. Like it's making people lazy. Like we'd yeah. just throw down a couple bags of corn, put a camera over. Yeah, it and, so I'm saying there's no woodsmanship involved. Yeah. You know, people yeah. are talking like, "Oh, the world ends. I don't need to stockpile food. I'll just hunt." I'm like, "No, you won't." How? Yeah, you can't hunt without a trail camera and and a hundred hundred pounds of corn. You ever seen the show Alone? You're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, you, you're not gonna have a store to go get corn from. In fact, yeah. the first store you show up to, you're gonna likely end up in a fist fight or fight for your life over what resources you have. Yep. You know, it's just it's not the we got to stop doing this. We're just making another completely different podcast about no. that kind of stuff. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> but it's relevant. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, it's crazy that, it's, that it's relevant. It's relevant. I get told, like, well, I get told by uh, close friends, neighbors, they're like, I'm not worried. I'm not preparing for the end of the world. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't because you're not going to. And they're like, no, we'll just come with you. I'm like, okay. Is that what you think? <laughs> yes. You think that uh, I'm going to have a school bus and be like, all aboard for uh, next stop <laughs> safety. Uh, no. No. You're going to want me to leave town as quickly as possible because the longer I'm around, the bigger the threat I become to you. Well, I was going to say, I'll tell you what, buddy. When the shit hits the fan, you let me know. I'll come over and help you prepare. I'll help you gather what you need and yeah. we'll get going. And we'll put, yeah. we'll put it all in my truck and then we'll just come inside and do one quick walkthrough real quick. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just got my groceries for the week and we're gone. Yeah. I think that's uh, what I guess what, what it drives me like when people are like, this is what I'm doing and the, the stuff I've prepped and these are all my guns and this is my, my storage closet and yeah, showing it all you know, on, this online. Is, this is as big as I could, this is as big as a, as a storage uh, shed that I could build. Uh, it's the only thing that'll allow me in this County, you know, they named the County. I'm yeah. like, Oh man, buddy, please just yeah, keep going. Keep I'm going. Writing it down. <laughs> Though, when your perimeter sensors are where? Okay. Yeah. 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 Now the, I was listening to Joe Rogan and, Burt Kreischer talk, and he was, Burt Kreischer was like, you need to have 22 ammo. That's like gold. That's what you should have. And Joe Rogan was like, what? For what? You can't do it. He's like, for a small game, for killing small game. He was like, no, you need a 300 wind mag because it'll kill deer. <laughs> it'll kill elk. I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, yeah, keep telling that story because Burt Kreischer's correct. You Burt need, you need 100% a correct. bucket full of 22s and as quiet as you can shoot that round, that's what you need. It's a, that's, that's a great survival gun. Oh, yeah. That's the reason I have one. It's like I've been slimming down on what I own, and I definitely have a bolt action twenty two, and I got that can for it, so yeah. I could take squirrels quietly all day long. Yep, or whatever. I need to see if the one that we have, if I can get the barrel threaded and put put one on it. I took it right here to the CNS little, Shooting Sports, and they, yeah, they did it. It's a little, it's a little semi-automatic. I think it holds like five rounds. Yeah, a little, a little tiny magazine. But me, me suppressor to you suppressor. So. That's right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was trail cameras, <laughs> amongst other things. Um, so turkey season is coming up, and I chose this topic uh, to kind of go over today because it was relevant for a couple reasons. You just spent some time with Andrew Beam, uh, patterning some new shells you guys are experimenting with. Yeah, um, we also you also went on your first turkey hunt last year, mm -hmm. so I thought your perspective on some of this would be uh, potentially helpful. Um, and a lot of this stuff is, if you've hunted before, is is not new to you. But turkey hunting, I find more than deer hunting. Uh, I I come in, I, you know, I, I come across people as I'm sure you do who turkey hunting is newer to them than deer hunting is. Yeah. And that's because for a lot of years, especially folks that are like our dad's age, there was a long time where turkeys were not available really to hunt. Like they're yeah. like I like I said, I've I've said before, I can remember the first time. I can remember never seeing turkey. Yeah, like I remember the some of the first times I saw a wild turkey, and I remember yeah. to this day when my dad saw a wild turkey like in the wild for the first time, mm -hmm. and I was a kid, which meant he was like twenty three, twenty four, um, and I didn't understand at the time why he was so excited about fucking turkey, but yep. I do now. Um, first time I saw one, I was deer hunting with a guy named Blake that I used to work with. It's okay, weird I remember his name. Blake. But we were sitting in the woods, and he had fallen asleep, and I heard, and these giant, <laughs> but I didn't know what they were. Yeah. 
and they were walking right past him, and he was asleep, and I was like throwing rocks at him because I I had never seen a wild turkey before. I mean, they were they didn't look like you know Thanksgiving turkey, right? Yeah, they look like you grew you know, up thinking that they all looked like that. Looking back on it, they were hens, but still, it's like it was a huge bird. I'm like, this bird's gonna eat. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna eat tear him, him up. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit, that's funny. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, the beam thing. So he got so Migra. He was talking about yeah. the hottest, new hottest round of waterfowl. Yep, um, that was last week's seaweed spotlight episode. If you have yes. uh, have not right. checked it out yet, yep, go look at that. Uh, so this week we'll have a video coming out. This the week this video episode airs, we'll have a video coming out from that. And we uh, plan to do it like Boomhauer, just him. Yeah, You know, you don't really know what he's saying. Then I translate it, uh, but instead we're going to use subtitles. <laughs> And because there's a lot of things we forgot to say, so we're going to use the subtitles to say what we forgot to say. Yeah. But I could not keep it together. No? No. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. I, when, when he was messing around with it, uh, just joking at yeah. the, at Siwi, it was it was really funny. All the jump cuts are going to jump like mid-laugh, and then we'll go into <laughs> talking again. <laughs> I think I think that's how I'm going to do it. Cause it was, but it was fun. We did uh, 20, 40, 60. Dude, look at this. Uh, he... <laughs> So he, the mosquitoes there are pretty bad. So look at this redneck mosquito sprayer he's got. <laughs> what is that? It's like a, you know, those pushing the pump. Yeah. Pump bottles that you spray weeds with or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got it attached to a electric leaf blower. Nice. And so he's just spraying the uh, <laughs> the air through the, it was really funny. But it worked. It, it works. Like, yeah, it worked. It not- knocked him back. Is that his house or where he arranged? Yeah, where he stays, I guess. Okay. And uh, he was like, yeah, these mosquitoes, I'm telling you, the biggest mosquitoes I've ever seen. It's so windy there. Yeah. You know, like small mosquitoes just get blown around. These things were ant size. They've adapted. Yeah, they have. That's they crazy. have evolved to live in windy conditions. It's funny. When I was at, I think in the last episode, I talked about the nature preserver out and how bad the bugs were. Yeah. The night we got there... I was expecting awful mosquitoes. And actually, the night we got there, it wasn't bad at all. I was like, oh, this is not a big deal. But we had these, like, 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts coming in mm-hmm. and sustained, like, 20-mile-an-hour winds. So it was really windy. Um, no bugs. But the next morning, those winds died down to, like, 12-mile-an-hour winds, and they were yeah. out with a vengeance, man. So I'm not surprised because it's up near that. It's up up near where he where they're yeah. at. Yeah. We went, went down, like, this little burn road, I guess it would be, uh, fire break road. Yeah, and that's where we were gonna film at, but it was like too bad. It was like that picture with Matt Livingston. It was nuts. <laughs> so we came back over to uh, kind of the driveway area, but yeah, these shells won't come out until next year. So they say really? right on there, not for sale. Yeah, and Migrate like didn't repost, so I'm guessing they're like shh. Yeah, but they're turkey loads, a stack load. I think there's sevens and nines in there. Nice. Um, and then it was a Rob Roberts Gunworks choke. That he had, it's brand new, and he, that was the whole point of it. No one's done a review of that choke yet, so Got we it. wanted to. And it's supposed to do like a cloud pattern, so it stays this cloud of pellets cool. through the range. So at twenty and forty yards, it was pretty much the same no exact shit. same pattern. And then at sixty, is dead bird at sixty. No shit. But we talked about. I talked about. I was like, I wouldn't shoot. Yeah. You know, he was like, I wouldn't either. Wouldn't shoot a turkey that far away. But forty yards looked like the twenty yard target. It's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, I, 20 yards is about my comfort zone with, yeah. with most turkey loads. Uh, but to be able to extend that out another 20 yards is a big deal. That choke was... But when you... We shot a different round, too, just yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, that would different. be Swiss cheese. That no t- turkey will not walk away with that choke. That's pretty cool, man. It's... um, it's I I talk about it in the, the, the first time turkey hunter tips we're going to talk about today. But, like, having confidence in your gear mm-hmm. and, and the shell you're shooting and, and your pattern... It's huge. Yeah. You know, having confidence in what you're going to shoot and how and your ability to do so effectively is a big deal because once shooting a target is one thing, man. When that when your heart's racing and that turkey's strutting or walking through a field or walking through the woods, mm-hmm. you know, 20 yards seems like 40 yards away with how small their head is yep. trying to look down the barrel of a shotgun. So the more confidence you have, the better. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, You definitely – you don't need a ton of money in it. You just need, like, really solid gear. Yeah. Uh, stuff that's dependable. Oh, let's, yeah, let's just get right into it, I guess. Uh, so I kind of broke these down into into a couple of different things. One is just gear that you're going to need, right? You can't turkey hunt or hunt anything without the proper equipment. Um, some tips for scouting and then some things to keep in mind when it's go time. Um, so you, you just we just talked about turkey shells, uh, you know, turkey loads, turkey chokes, and the gun, right? Whatever combination you have, uh, you're going to need a shotgun, you know, 
get a turkey choke if you don't have one already and grab a couple of different boxes of, of shells that you can get of regularly um, and test them out. See which one's pattern the best with your, with your gun and your choke and stick with the one that gives you the best pattern so you are comfortable and confident in what your, what your gun is going to do. Um, that's pretty much what we just covered more or less, but uh, that's, that's the gist of it. You know, you need, mm-hmm. a, you need a gun, just make sure you're confident with it. Yep. You definitely want a pattern. Uh, that way you know. Not only what it looks like, but your effective range that you can use those shells at. Yeah. Um, with your gun. Like, you want a pattern with the shells you're going to use. Correct. You don't want to go out there with shells you never shot before. Right. And and so, like, I've seen guys do that, go out turkey hunting, and, oh, man, um, I left my the box on the counter at the house. You got to throw me a couple shells. And I'm like, yeah, sure, man, but yeah, have you shot, you know, Longbeard XR before, or have you shot these other ones because... You know, just kind of hoping for the best, which I mean, you can do. You know, That's if you can get it with, if you can get it within twenty yards, it probably doesn't matter um, if you're a decent shot. But beyond that, it's going to make a difference. Is long beer what you've always used? Uh, the Winchester, yeah. I, I like them a lot. Yeah. That's what I just bought. Yeah, I like them. He had uh, the silvers um, that he likes. Yeah, it just the uh, the uh, I turkey hunt with my um, uh, old eight seventy that I've had forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the turkey choke that that came with that is what I have in there. Nothing crazy aftermarket, and those those long beards just work for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably gonna go this weekend and pattern mine. Yeah, should I need to shoot those? I haven't, I haven't done mine in, in a long time. I need to shoot it again. Well, if you get bored, Sunday. It's not, not if I get bored. It's if I have time. Yeah, that's what I mean. You'd be bored. Never bored. <laughs> Calls. Bored. Calls are not so. Here's here's the thing. If 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 you're a first time turkey hunter and you're doing this all on your own, you're gonna need a call. I suggest something that's easy to use. Most people start with a friction call of some kind. A box, box call is super easy yeah. to do. They even make some that you can like attach to your gun, um, so that you can and you push it with your thumb or you can hold on to it. Um, easy to use. You get a good enough sound. As you get more comfortable and you hunt more, you can experiment with the other ones. But a good friction call is a great place to start. Or uh, if you've never hunted before, I recommend hunting with somebody that's done it before and can help you and help give you tips, help keep you calm because it, it's easy to get excited. You can get fired up and make some simple mistakes um, and let them call for you. Yeah, that's that's that would be ideally what I would recommend. Um, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And then decoys. I have a weird relationship with decoys. My best hunting, my most favorite hunting experience, and I kind of get into it later in, in these when discussing another point, I did not use a decoy. Yeah. At all. Um Decoys are weird because it feels like you sh- you have to have one. You need something for the turkey to come into. It's but it's not really the case. It's not really the case, and it's something that um, I think is a result of marketing yeah. and the industry. Like you gotta have a call. You gotta have the best decoys, the most hey, realistic decoys. Hey, on Thanksgiving Day, <laughs> and pilgrims ain't got no decoys. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, decoys are really only helpful in specific situations. In my experience, and that is when you have multiple gobblers that yeah. are answering and you need something to convince one to take that leap and take that risk to come in yeah. ahead of the other one. Cause he does, he doesn't want to compete, right? It's a competition at that point. Um, or if you know exactly where they're going to be and where they're pitching down, you know, if you know what tree they're roosting in and, and roughly you've seen him pitch and you know where that's going to be, you can set up some hens and maybe a, a fighting Tom or uh, some other decoy to set up a scene that interests 
yeah. those animals say, oh, I need to go check out what's going on with those guys. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it, I, I think they do two things. One, for a brand new hunt, for a brand new turkey hunter, it adds unnecessary complexity, right? Because you're you're already getting just getting comfortable and used to locating them and finding them. Now you got to get used to sitting still. You got to fight the urge to call every five five seconds, right? You know, call once every fifteen minutes. It's hard to do for a new hunter because you, you're sitting quietly. It's it's easy to to be impatient. I think for me personally, because it's because it did it to me. Having a decoy out there just adds extra, um, not incentive, but temptation to want to get up and make adjustments and move yeah, it or yeah. move or put it away or move spots. And it's just you already fight that urge. I mean, you and I went. Yeah. We, we didn't know where they were pitching or where they were roosting, so we just did some running and gunning. And it's hard to sit still in one spot. But once we said, you know what, we're going to sit right here and we're not going to move for 20 minutes. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. They showed up. Uh, You got to fight that urge. And having a decoy gives your brain this idea that, like, oh, if they're not coming in in 10 minutes, then they're not here. That's not the case. They're just really careful animals. And they'll cruise around in the woods and circle where they hear a sound looking for the source of that sound for 45 minutes. You'll never see them. And they'll surprise you coming in. You will see them cross a road 100 yards in front of you and get pumped up that they're on their way in, and those motherfuckers will show up 20 yards behind you 15 minutes later. Um, So it just adds extra. uh, If you have, again, same with the calls. If you have someone you're hunting with that has the experience, it can kind of keep you calm and and remind you to not move, not get up, then it's worth it. That was my first experience with decoys, hunting with someone who had experience, and I learned a lot from it. Bring a camera and set it up, and now you know you can't move. Yeah, there the you go. Sitting there. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good idea too. Get your get your kill on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can start an outfitting company. Yeah, and make and, t-shirts and hats, and, and then you'll be rich. Yep. So how it works? It's a three-step progress. Film a hunt, <laughs> make a hat, make a t-shirt. You're a millionaire. Boom. We do it all the time. That simple. <laughs> we turn and burn outdoor companies like yeah. people make uh, mossy oak. That was us. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get sued for that. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, the next thing is habitat. Allegedly, Hab- alleged. We alleged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to our uh, to our lawyer, yep, our attorney, so. for letting us uh, own that little secret. Yeah. You say allegedly at the end of everything, and you're good. Yeah. Can it's so not many, admissible. To so court. many things I, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, next on the list for first time turkey hunters is um, habits and habitat. So just understanding and learning a little bit about turkey habits and the habitat that they prefer. Um, you want to figure out where the gobblers want to be, right? They want to be in a handful of places. They either want to, they want to be where the hens are because that's what they're, what they're looking for. Who doesn't want that? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but they also need, they're, they're also going to want to be where there's food, water, same things, all, all animals, right? Yeah. They want to reproduce. They want to eat and they want to drink water. That's it. So if you know where there's, where those are at, where they like to graze, you can scout in those areas and look for active sign. Um, you can do that pretty much any time during the day to look for sign. In the evening, you can take a an owl call out, and um, or you can just do it with your mouth, or do it with your mouth, whatever is easier for you. And They're usually pretty pumped up, right? And you don't have to exactly sound like an owl. It depends on the time of the year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, usually they're pretty fired up, anyways. Yeah. And in the evening time, like an hour before sunset, you go out and sort of walk around and and blow that. You know, the same time you would normally deer hunting, start hearing the barred owls in, in the woods. Mm-hmm. Start doing the same thing, and you you can listen to them um, gobble. And if you wait it out long enough and stay till dark and continue to take your time moving close, you should be able to observe uh, where they're roosting. And then from there, you can set up whatever distance you're comfortable setting up from them in the morning without disturbing them. Um, And that might be a good time to set up a decoy. But just figuring out where they are, you can learn a little bit about uh, their patterns and where they're moving based on on those things, but just keep in mind that that can change at any time, right? Coyotes roll through, foxes are around, and they're skittish. They may change what they've been doing for a week straight, or if they just had, if you'd scouted two days ago, and the next day a buddy of yours went into the hunt club and ran ran around tromping around that area all day, they may, they may be hesitant, and they may have changed where they moved. So just keep in mind that they're going to move and change their habits based on food availability, uh, hunting pressure, and, and uh, predators. <sighs> For your hunt last year, yeah, um, did you guys use a decoy? We did. We did. Go on. We used a decoy. What kind of decoy was it? A hen? Was it a tom? <laughs> Both. So two? yeah. When we showed up, it was a knoll. There's two sides of it, um, 
and in between it was a patch of trees, very small, but you couldn't see through it. Um, so we had forgotten something. I can't remember. We forgot. So we had to run back to mm-hmm. camp and we came back in there. And uh, as soon as I got out of the truck and I shut the truck door, right. because like, <laughs> he was that fired up. Yeah. So we walked down this kind of ravine deal. It was a field, well, like a hay field, if you will. There was something like crops in it. Uh, came down, there's a blind there. And so we knew where he, where he gobbled. Yeah. So we set the hen kind of facing the opposite direction. And then we set a fake Tom behind the hen as though he was coming in to get her. Following it, yeah. So that gave the, it made it look like it was exposed. Like that turkey came over that, like we watched him do it. <clears throat> Incredible eyesight on these animals. Yeah. But we watched him come over that knoll and he kind of like, he looked straight down there and was like, who is that on my girl? Because he owns that field, this I guess. Motherfucker. Yeah. And he just, he flared up immediately. And he went from, it was probably, if I had to guess, 100 yards. Yeah. He came in from uh, running. Did he was he, wide Did open. he run in full strut or was he running? He would he'd full strut and then run and then he'd full and strut stop and walk. And no, he didn't stop. He's walking full really? strut and then he would he'd fold up and he'd run. So he was fired up there. Yeah, he was pissed and he came straight in. And I didn't even let him get to the decoy. Yeah, because I was just like, gotta get it, gotta get it, and uh, yeah, he came straight in. I mean, it, we were done before yeah. sun was actually up. So that's a perfect example of wherein you have a tom that. I'm guessing Rocco was familiar with that bird. For sure. And knew what it was doing in that area and kind of. Well, Rocco's a through and through turkey hunter. And he's yeah. told me that a thousand times. He's like, I hunt deer. He's like, but I am a turkey hunter. I've been doing it my whole life and I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, that, like, that's yeah, great. That's, makes sense. That sounds, that sounds awesome. I, uh, uh, Andrew Spears the same way. Yeah. The dude lives and breathes turkey turkey hunting. Uh, same with waterfowl. He's he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you I I hunt deer a couple times a year to pass the time, but mm-hmm. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for deer, duck season to start and turkey season. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's a perfect example of not only using one but setting it up properly. Right, right, because it 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 made that turkey. Uh, you guys set it up in a way that gave the that turkey the indication that I'm about to lose my opportunity yep. if I don't get in there and make something happen. And you guys were able to capitalize. So that is a good example of using some terrain and habits. Um, and then just some general tips for when it's actually time to get out there, right? Um, well, like it, you, you, some of the notes you had here for like depressions, hills, waterways. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like I think that's very important to discuss too because you want to use the terrain not only to hide yourself but also to create an opportunity for the bird. And the, and it's actually – it's funny because some of these, some of these features um, – Waterways, especially like creeks, rivers, uh, down trees, you will you, you can sit in a room full of turkey hunters and they will debate this stuff till the end of time. But some will swear that a, a you know a turkey won't fly over a river to get to hens. <laughs> okay, I watched a video the other day of, tur- of turkeys it? pitching out of trees and crossing a river yeah. where there were hens on the other side, and the hunters like. Been told my whole life they won't do it, and and he's got video of them literally flying over the creek. What's like everybody saying? Whitetail deer don't look up. <laughs> like they they do. <laughs> yes, I've, I could, I could not count the number of times I had a deer look up. Yeah, turn its head. They don't have no <laughs> natural predators. They don't look up, and then gone. Like you yeah. mother. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, turkey will get hung up on on certain geographical features uh, because it, it it to them I think it poses a potential risk, right? And if if I Go over this creek, you know. If I hop over this creek or this little, you know, go down and up, I, I'm exposing myself. There's extra risk that they're not willing to take without seeing and knowing for sure what they're yeah what's, what they're over, gonna, there. what's over there. So if you're calling and a turkey seems hung up, like it's not coming through something, there may be a land feature or a down tree or something that you can't see from where you're at that he is hung up on. Sometimes it's a fence, sometimes it's a big tree, sometimes they're at the bottom of a, a, a like a drop off. You know, and they're you're at the top, and they're just not willing to make that that move around because it's it's risky without knowing what's for sure what's there. And we saw that when we were at the club hunting because they, yep. he was right there at us, and they turned around and walked away because there was a down tree. He yep. didn't want to jump the tree. He went behind the the root ball, yep. and then walked on the other side. On of the, the other tree. side, just what for whatever Which reason, is perfect because we could hide behind that. He didn't see us until he walked out. Correct. Um, so you can use those features to your advantage if you know they're there. And, and you again back to the habits. If you understand a little bit of, of how turkeys interact with their with their environment, you can use it to your yep. advantage. That's that's a, that was a good perfect example. Yep. Thanks. Good job. All right. I'll let you. Um, uh, Did I get employee of the month again? <laughs> Once again, those don't know Matt's <laughs> on a up. roll. Yeah. Like every month for the last year, I think yeah, it's been pretty good. <laughs> it's been a good year for me. 
so when it's go time, uh, depending on what kind of prep you've done, you, you said you guys got out there early in the morning, right? We tried to, the but intent we, was we to be forgot like, something. Right. So we're, it was, it was, you could see it wasn't, the sun was not up, but when you, you could when see. When you first got there yeah. or on your second trip in? On our second trip in, the sun was up. I mean, there was daylight. Yeah. The what sun ab- wasn't what up. What about when you guys got there and realized shit forgot something? Was it dark still? Yeah, we left in the dark okay. for sure. So if you have a place set up like a blind and you know exactly where you're going, getting yeah. in before dark is ideal most of the time. If you know, if, if you've, if you've roosted them and you know where they're going to be pitching down or if you have, um, like I said, a blind set up in a general area where you know they frequent. It's great to get in there early, but you don't have to. Like you can, you can leave just like we did that day. Yeah, we, we saw yeah. those. We walked in at nine o'clock in the morning, um, and you can run and gun. You can call, listen, uh, but just know what your plan is and execute accordingly, uh, and set your expectations accordingly. Right? If you're going to run and gun, you don't know where they're at. You may walk around all day and not see a damn turkey at all. Yeah, that's that's the risk you take. Um, but I also know a lot of people that like get in really early. And at 11 o'clock, they haven't seen or heard a turkey. They just give up for the day. Yeah. And I have killed my favorite turkey hunt. I killed that turkey at 1240 in the afternoon. And it was raining. Well, we I've come in at 3 to go deer hunt. Yeah. And there's turkey in the road. Yep. They're, they're, they are moving around all the time. You just yeah. got to time Well, think about that. Out. How many times do you see a turkey from 3 to sunset? Sun, sun, from 3 to sunset? Yeah. Just walk past the stand. I mean, it happens, it happens almost every time all I hunt the time. out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of those things, some of those behaviors will change uh, in the spring because of their their habits and their well, their tendencies because it's the mating season and the stuff that they're doing. But um, I've seen turkeys killed at four or five in the afternoon. Yeah, I've seen them killed right at sun up. You know, and you can get back with a with a turkey before breakfast is even ready. Which was sick. We cooked that turkey before breakfast. Yeah, it's badass. Yeah. That's there's 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 nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and it tastes different than I thought it would taste, but it was good. Yeah. What, how, how is it different to you, for you? Like, it's all dark meat, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite things to tell people about. When they ask about turkeys, I'm like, well, the turkeys you get, they don't fly, so there's no blood in their in their tit- in their breasts, <laughs> in their titties. titties. <laughs> so, so it's all white meat. <laughs> yeah. But these birds, they fly. They use their chest muscles, so there's blood flow going into the muscles, so it's, yeah. it's darker meat. It does taste a little gamey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we did a buttermilk soak or something and then fried it. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. I mean, a little chewier than yeah. what you'd expect. But you can prep it so many different ways. Yeah, and sure. it's um I was thinking like, next time, like, real thin slice. So I was going to suggest, like, you would make a chicken fried steak with gravy and mashed potatoes. Yeah. You do that and, and use a meat tenderizer to, Just beat to, the shit to thin out that yeah. turkey and fry it. Really good. Interesting. Um, it's also really good. You can use the legs and some of the other pieces mm-hmm. and slow cook it in a, um, like, a stew or, like. Good chicken wings. Yeah, chicken wings. I'm just kidding. It's a big-ass chicken wing. <laughs> um, yeah, and basically just, you know, when you get there, if you're hunting with somebody that's got experience, just listen, learn, take it all in. The first three or four times I went turkey hunting, I went with two people. I was a third wheel. I didn't carry a gun. I just hung back and listened and watched. And yeah. I learned more doing that. For sure. Um, than, than I think I would have otherwise. I totally get it, man. You talk to people all the time that are like, have you ever been turkey? Or turkey hunting is my favorite thing. Like the adrenaline rush you get from it because you're truly talking to these animals. And, uh, Not only that, but m- most of the time, I mean, you're sitting on the ground or maybe a chair if you're in a blind. Snakes. You're 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 at eye level with these damn things yeah. when they come walking around that corner. And, you know, standing up next to one as a as a full si- a full-grown man, like its head comes up to my thigh. Mm-hmm. Almost, you know, if it stands up real tall, my, my hip. It was and heavy. Then, and then you're on, like, level ground sitting on your ass looking eye to eye with this thing yeah. they're they're big and it's um it's exciting man it's a lot of fun yeah i did the whole like the photo thing where you pick it up by the spurs yeah it's pretty heavy yeah. you know and i'm like like quit hurry up take these pictures <laughs> <laughs> but like even carrying it out you know just slinging it over your shoulder and walking out with it, it's pretty heavy it is heavy yeah but it's a beautiful bird the colors on it, it makes you wish you could see you know um ultraviolet stuff because i bet they're insanely beautiful all the purples that they have on their yeah, own, yeah. Like oils and stuff they're very pretty birds except for their heads their heads are pretty ugly yeah they have jelly, i've come to like them though. jelly heads i've come to appreciate their heads i thought they were ugly for a long time yeah until i until i saw one in the wild like strut and i saw saw its head change colors and do mm-hmm. all the things that i a whole different appreciation for it yeah you know? that's uh that's what we have for tips for first-time turkey hunters um that topic was Inspired by Google's most common searches in the last month. So, yeah, there you go. 
Hopefully that uh, helps out some folks because it's clearly a topic of interest for folks this time of year. And I know we've talked about turkey hunting in the past, but I don't think we had done um, something focused specifically on new hunters. And I know we have folks that hunt a lot of different things and people are always trying new things. So yeah, there you go. Hopefully that helps you some. There's plenty of resources out there you can find online with good information. So we are by no means the end all be all for that, but uh, something to get you started there. It boils down to you need to make time to get out there. And uh, if you can get out there in the evening, see if you're out where they're roosting, then get out there in the morning and sit right there. And shoot it. Yeah, shoot it. Kill a turkey. Legally. Make sure you have tags. All that good stuff, too. Yeah. Do you, do, uh, do we get to get tags here? They, we got to buy tags, and I haven't done that yet. So. I thought they come with your license. Uh, they might have, actually. I don't remember. I don't remember either. We got, uh, what, six days? Yeah. Are we going to go? What day is that? Let's see what day March 22nd is. It's a Tuesday in the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday, bro. Uh, Wednesday. It's the beginning of Ramadan. Yeah, I can't do it that day. Maybe the Inshallah. Thursday or Friday. Probably do it Friday. It's Marshall's birthday. Yeah. I don't think we have anything planned, but. You never know. I don't have a single weekend between now and my 88th birthday with not something planned, I think. You want to uh, see what this guy wants? Uh, do we have the cable? Yeah, let's see. Hello, you're live on the podcast. Well, now this is going to be a really awkward conversation. <laughs> okay. I can call I'm you in the back. Public liquor, and I was like, I wonder if he has a good suggestion. But never mind. If you're on a podcast, probably not the time or place. No, it's the perfect, it's time, perfect time, time and place. place. <laughs> we're getting ready to wrap it up. We got like ten minutes left. So, you know, what you got? What are you, what are you looking at, my friend? What do you see, dude? I don't know. A bunch of clear bottles with brown liquid in them. What are you buying it for? Just to get you trying to get drunk later? Are you buying it as a gift? No, I was having just getting something to sip on. Um, because I'd I'd done the the Maker's Mark for a while, and then the last one I got the uh, Larceny that um, Gus suggested. Like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you want to mm. stick with a weeded, or you want to go uh, more bourbony? I think I should branch out. You know, <laughs> kind of. I've kind of stuck to one one type uh, for the past couple months, so. Do you see a brand called Old Forester? I do. Yes, nineteen ten. Do they have the eighteen ninety seven? Old Forester. Nineteen ten is a great one. Eighteen ninety seven is a little see. lower proof. I got the uh, eighteen seventy, eighteen seventy, nineteen ten, nineteen twenty prohibition style old fine whiskey. Get that night old version. Grab that nineteen ten. Unless you want higher proof, the nineteen twenty is money, but it's a little spicy. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not much of a spicy person, you know. I'm really doing it just to look cool. Yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate it. I gotta check out. Yes, sir. Enjoy let me know what you think. Yes, sir. Love you back. Love you bye. That ladies and gentlemen was executive producer Lamar Hemrick. Green Beret, Special Forces, Seventh Group, Florida. Combat warrior. <laughs> and you too can give us a call if you need and sh- <laughs> yeah. if you need any help picking out whiskey or bourbon. Sure can. Gus's phone number is. But you have to be a member of our podcast. And if you start giving out my number, I'm going to end the podcast immediately. <laughs> just edit, I just edited it out. It's 910237. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Um, Such a dick. You guys got to figure out the last four there. But yeah, the... Yeah, we do stuff. We answer questions like that all the time. People, uh, there's also plenty of people in the in the uh, Patreon group chat there that could could lead you in the right direction if you're new to it or want to know. Um, we had an effective fire last night, cigar vendor cigar night. Yeah, how'd it go? <clears throat> Went well. Um, people showed up. You know, so how many people? Let's see, two, four, six, seven. That's good. That's kind of what you guys were hoping for, right? A small group, nothing. Well, too- there was like seven chairs, so it was perfect. Yeah, every chair was full. <clears throat> Did how's the, how's the one going over in Mount Pleasant? Has that had a, a good turnout also? Uh, no, not really. really. Oh. But I mean, here's the thing: we can't get, we don't know how to get the word out because yeah, it's not, tough. It's like how many veteran, how many veterans follow whiskey and whitetails, and that's really the only thing pumping it. Yeah, out. but I'll- I thought about <clears throat> doing like the local, like a Johns Island Facebook page or a Mount Pleasant Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Just post it in there, but the other problem is a lot of these neighborhood pages are like, you can't promote your own business, which it's not a business. 
Yeah. There's no charity involved. There's no money involved at all. It's just veterans getting together and having a good time. You could just post it. You can go on Facebook and make a public event. Yeah. And and list kind of like the area it's it's going to be in. Mm -hmm. And you can just make it public. And people really? can share it and people will find out about it. Did not know that. Be careful because you may find a cigar shop sitting with 45 people or 50 people in there. It's okay. You know, if you can make it work, if it works, it works though. It's a networking thing. Like it's like, yeah. you know, we all have these skills and, and mindsets of life and yep. uh, I find it important to put people together. I mean, that was the whole point of it. It is important. Yeah. Um, who knows, you know, the, the, the possibilities are endless. The, yeah. I, the friendships, the business opportunities that come out of just hanging out and talking with like-minded people. So that's it. We see it every time we do an event, every time we go somewhere, we meet someone that we did not think or know or realize or, or that has a skill or a business or something that we can collaborate with that we didn't think about or didn't imagine we would yeah, or think that we would need. And it's, uh, it's the way it goes, man. It's also therapeutic just to be able to get around and you listen to guys tell stories <clears throat> that they haven't been able to tell anybody else because nobody would get it. Sure. Um, places they've been, cities they've been, experiences they've had. And they're yeah. like, oh, I've been to that bar and, you know, somewhere in South Korea that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. You know? and, I didn't uh, think about that, but that is a pretty cool aspect of when you get a group of, especially veterans who've done a lot of, of stuff in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. There's probably little experiences. The only thing I could think to relate was like the one, you know, obscure, not even obscure, like third world place that I've been was Djibouti, Africa. Yeah. We, we went, we got clearance to go off base uh, to eat at this place. Um, that was one of the... McDonald's? No. <laughs> but it was like one of two places approved to go eat outside of... Uh, yeah. Out, off base. And uh, you couldn't have any any water or ice. You had to have... So we just drank bottled beer. Yeah. You know, things that were Darn. safe to drink. Yeah, and tough, right? Uh, but it was like their thing were like these kebabs. And it, was, it came out on a sword. Oh, so wow. there's like eight of us, like eight swords on this table. And we're all eating vegetables That's and, pretty sick. and beef. It was really cool, right? But only people I can ever have that conversation with are the eight people I went there with. Nobody yeah. else is going to know anything about that. Mm -hmm. um, so it would be cool to run into somebody who had been to that place. I, I can see how that would be. Uh, this is cool, but it's also it's a fact-checking mission. Like a lot of times <laughs> people have the opportunity to lie or tell fibs or tell yeah. someone else's story as though it's their own. Yeah. But then someone else is in the room is like, I've been there. The uh, cork board behind the register, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," with the with the with the with the with the stuff on it. He's like, "With the stuff on it?" No, I'm talking about. What are you talking about? And they're like, oh, "Maybe we're talking about the wrong place." And you're like, "Let's take a sip of bourbon." Like, yes, yes. But it's you know, it's just fun. You relish in that shit, though. You like to call people out and shit. I I just don't like. Um, you don't need to lie. We've had this point. conversation. Yeah, we have. You, I don't see the point. We've had this conversation, and it's not something that I, you know, I'm not a veteran, I, and I, I don't have any of those experiences. But you, you have expressed uh, and and a lack of understanding why people feel the need to embellish and make their stories. Well, look, man, you signed the line. I was going to say you joined the military. You went to basic training. You deployed. You did whatever you did. You did. You did the thing. Good on you. I'm proud of you. I'm happy. I love you. Thank you. You're a brother. But you come in front of me and start telling. Things that they're just like obvious well, lies. Well, my point, my, my point is you, you just kind of made it is you, you did more than most simply by, by yeah. volunteering. Yeah. Whether you ended up as an attorney, a cook, water combat treatment arms, specialist, whatever it is, you did what you did to support the rest of the 1% that yeah. everyone has a piece of, in, of, of the puzzle. And yeah. your piece, if, if water treatment specialist isn't there, guess who's not drinking? I mean, th well, I mean, think about where I was. We had a water, we had a reverse yeah. osmosis water treatment plant at the tiny little fob I was at. Right. I mean, and there was somebody tiny, or probably two people. There at was least. one guy there that ran it and he made sure we had right. and what not drinkable water, but water that wouldn't get you sick if it touched your skin. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so he also got rockets fired at him. He also had incoming mortar rounds fired at him. I mean, you know, yeah, he went through the same, you know. He's got experiences Pro probably too. Probably didn't leave the fob and deal with no those kind to. of things, but I don't want him he's to. Still I going. need him there to keep my water good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no kidding. I got a shower to take later. That's right. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, yeah it was a good time, and I enjoy it. Okay. I like meeting the people there, and I like, I like it when pe people show up, and uh, it's just very laid back. You know, we don't really. There's nothing to argue about, no politics, like nothing. Just yeah. hang out and, and talk, see where it goes. Well, it was on the TV. I noticed in a couple of those pictures, some folks were really glued to the television. Was there a game on? Or No, a... it was every time I looked up, it was commercials. Oh, really? So I don't know. I think people were just watching it to watch it. I always sit with my back to the TV because I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here to, to watch TV. Sure. 
Um, not that I care that anyone else does. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's an easy distraction. I just know me. Yeah. I know my ADD will be like, what? And I'll start Googling the side effects of whatever <laughs> drug, you know, and I'm sending it to Andy. Like, <laughs> you see this one? This one will kill you too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, but no, it's, uh, it's just, it's interesting. The conversation kind of went towards, we had a guy get up and leave, which I feel bad, but, um, yeah. Did it, did it go to politics? No, it went uh, to some stuff that exists in these countries, uh, that you can pay money for, gotcha. and they were just kind of discussing uh, certain bars that do I see weird things with bananas, and <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I can imagine. And somebody was, was like, on that note, and I totally get it because I was also sitting there like, okay, yeah, I, I can add to that, but I'll do it after. And he's a listener, so apologize to you, sir. But well, thanks for coming. Anyways. He's a veteran. He knows. He yeah. gets it. You know. You know how those guys get. I do. Well. We hit just about the hour mark. Do you have anything else to discuss or cover? I don't. Okay. Um, I made a I made an error earlier. I said that last week's seaweed spotlight was Andrew Beam. That was the week before. Last yeah. week's was actually Jack Daniels. Really cool conversation. Um, we had four people in this tiny room. A couple of spots. The 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 sound sounds a little funny. It sounds like um, as I'm talking and my microphone for some reason it sounds like my voice is vibrating a, a spring. And you can, it's picking up that noise. It's really weird. I don't know why I did it. I've already listened to it and I didn't, um, you didn't pick it up. Mm-mm. I did. It drove me nuts. I got it, Bi- it, Byron a couple times. It sounded like he was back too far from the microphone, but outside of that. Yeah. All right. So that was last week's. This week's, uh, you're getting Ben Ross, Ross from Brackish. From Brackish. So uh, keep an eye out. That'll be out Thursday. That's Brackish bow ties. They make, if you've never seen it, uh, they make their way on the red carpet pretty often, but they make bow ties out of things like turkey feathers yeah. and, and other type of exotic birds. And I own a couple of them. And I love them. I think they're beautiful. Bow ties, of art. earrings, cufflinks, lapel pins, lapel pin. They make all kinds of stuff now, which is why like I have, uh, I, do they call do they go just by brackish now, or are yeah. they still brackish? They used to be brackish bow ties, I think, but now they just call they it cut the brackish. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, check that out on Thursday. Very and, cool uh, stuff. And Ben is one of, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Super laid back. I really I want to go hunt with that guy. I do too. Just make that happen, Ben. If you're listening, let's go hunt. Hit me up. All right. Be safe, drink some whiskey safely, and have a good week. Yes. Okay, bye. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.